coming up on the George Farmer podcast. So think about uh, your budgets and your time, but also think about where where am I going to put that aquarium? Do I have space where it's going to actually blend into the interior design? Is it going to complement the interior design or is it going to look a bit like a sore thumb? Hi everyone, I'm George and welcome to another episode of the George Farmer podcast. I'm your host. And I'm your co-host, Emma Farmer. The aim of the George Farmer podcast is to make aquascaping more accessible and digestible and I'm really pleased to be here again with my lovely co-host and wife Emma. Me too. And I think this is going to be a really interesting topic Emma. We're going through the whole kind of process as a beginner aquascaper and obviously one of the first things they need to consider is choosing the right aquarium for, for themselves and for their hobby. Okay, so maybe I've looked online, I've looked in a store, and I need some help with what's right for me. Okay, so before we take our deep dive into choosing the right aquarium for you and your hobby, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone that's listened to the previous episodes and that has subscribed. And we've even had some five-star reviews on iTunes as well, which is super exciting. Yeah, that's great news. Massive thanks for all the comments and the feedback we've received so far. Very much appreciated. And if you wanted to leave some specific feedback or ideas for future episodes, then you can reach out to us at the George Farmer podcast on Facebook. And also you can contact me via DM at George Farmer Studios on Instagram. Super keen to get everybody's ideas and suggestions uh, for all the future podcasts. So please feel welcome to let us have your feedback. So George, what's been happening in your world this week? Very busy week again for George Farmer Studios. A couple of videos for Tropica as usual, a plant profile video this week on Eleocharis parvula, the dwarf hair grass, and a epic update on the three meter panoramic aquascape filmed at Tropica in Denmark. And then I visited Scape Nature. And some of you may have listened to the podcast episode interviewing Ray, the owner, or the, the story behind Scape Nature. Fascinating listen if you're interested. Ray actually aquascaped an ADA60P, which I filmed. That is a video to be released. But I also recorded a couple of kind of vlog style videos for my YouTube channel, which are available to watch now. One was uh, three low tech aquascapes, which Ray created. And the other one was four beautiful displayscapes actually at Scape Nature. So you can check them out on the YouTube channel. And when you came back on Tuesday, you had two new little froggy friends with you. I did. Uh, two beautiful uh, juvenile dwarf Amazon dart frogs. I forget the scientific name. It's Dendrobates tinctorius azurius, I think. And yes, got some wingless fruit flies and some repeche calcium plus uh, today, actually, to start feeding them properly and fatten them up a bit. And also in other exciting news this week, we launched our website. So www.georgefarmerstudios.com. It's more of a landing page right now, but there are links to all of our social media channels. So there's Instagram, Facebook, the podcast, and YouTube links all there. But it will be populated soon with a gallery, events page, contact us page, and lots of other features coming soon on that. So I want to give a shout out to my friend, Jeff Maitland, from the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society for being my webmaster and being so generous with his time and skills. Okay, so let's take a deeper dive look at the topic for this week's podcast, choosing the right aquarium for you and your hobby. So there's so much choice out there, George. There's so much information online or in stores. 
Um, and whereby we're not necessarily going to talk about particular brands, I think it may be super helpful for hobbyists to think in terms of the characteristics of the, the, the aquarium that they would want, themes and concepts, what would be right for them in their hobby, but also what would be right for them in their home. Yeah, that's a really good point. And there's so many things to think about with you know the details of choosing an aquarium. I think it's a really good idea to break it down into kind of, like you said, bigger themes and concepts. So I think the first thing to really get in your mind is how much, what your budget is in financially, and then what your budget is in amount of spare time you're willing to spend. Yeah, always on, a key point. On the hobby. With that in mind, the biggest considerations uh, are maybe the size of the aquarium. So the bigger your aquarium, generally the more money you're going to be spending and the more time you're going to be spending maintaining it. Let's talk about a, a regular kind of size nano aquarium. You know, this is anything up to 60 litres or 15 US gallons. This is going to be cheaper to initially purchase. It's going to be cheaper to stock with soil, hardscape, plants, fish, shrimp, etc. The running costs are going to be cheaper. For this reason, a very popular entry into the aquascaping hobby. If you did have a larger budget and you're willing to spend more time, then it would make sense to get a larger aquarium. This offers numerous advantages over a smaller aquarium in that you have a larger capacity, of course, for volume of water, which then offers you a larger stocking capacity for fish, bigger uh, potential for uh, different aquascaping styles. So is it an idea then to identify where you're going to put it in your home? Yes. So we've got nanos, but we've got them in the hallway, for example, or we've had them in smaller spaces in the house, and, yeah. and that's key. Yeah, absolutely. So think about uh, your budgets and your time, but also think about where, where am I going to put that aquarium? Do I have space where it's going to actually blend into the interior design? Is it going to complement the interior design, or is it going to look a bit like a sore thumb? It's quite an overlooked topic, actually, of how that, the whole aquarium design and I mean like the cabinet design maybe the style of aquarium whether it's open top or a hooded tank even down to the background color you know if there's a background on the glass and even down to the actual style of the aquascape you know you could have a super minimalist aquascape but might super minimalist sort of kind of Swedish style home or if you have a more traditional kind of Victorian sort of interior design you might want something a bit more sort of Dutch style aquascape yeah and, and before now we've had um, aquariums in the lounge and um, and I think we made a conscious decision to, to not have that so we've got them in other parts of the house we've got a, a separate yeah. sitting room where the where the aquariums are I think for me it is important that it blends in with, with your home um, and it becomes part of the furniture so you know I always like it when it's autumn winter time and you come home and there may not be any lights on in the house when you come home after a day's work but the aquarium lights are on and it's really warming and it's really welcoming yeah. so they can almost be you know the nano tank can all, almost be rather than having a standing lamp in the you know your hallway or yeah. in your entrance hall then it, that's lovely to to have. Yeah, and I think that's a great one of the great things about the hobby is that it has so, so many crossovers. So it's not just a hobby with a glass box where you're keeping fish. It's actually a beautiful, can be a beautiful object of design that can blend in with your living space and enrich your whole environment. Yeah, a piece of furniture. Yeah, and so that for that reason, it's important to choose something appropriate for your for your interior design. So let's talk about more in terms of like this a little bit of the science behind comparing a large aquarium with a small aquarium. So the larger volume of water 
the more environmentally stable that water is going to be. So any any changes in uh, temperature are going to happen more slowly because it's a larger volume of water. Any pollution is going to be more diluted because there's a larger volume of water. Like I said, from a, an aesthetic point of view, it offers you more opportunity to aquascape and keep a, great, a bigger quantity and, and potentially variety of fish and plants. Conversely, if you have a very small aquarium, any of these environmental fluctuations are going to occur more quickly and more drastically. So you have to bear this in mind. The, the nano hobby is a lot more accessible and cheaper. It tends to be a beginner route into, into the hobby. But the risk is because it's a smaller volume of water, there's less room for error. So the likelihood of the, uh, the brand new hob hobbyist wanting to stock more fish, feed them more frequently, you know, is greater because they don't have the experience and, and you know, it, it's just such so much fun having a, a new aquarium and wanting to kind of get your most out of it. For the newcomers out there, by all means, get your nano aquarium as a, as a beginner, you know, your initial tank, but just be very mindful when it comes to stocking it. A good idea is actually not to stock any fish with really small aquariums, you know, just use it as a shrimp and snail only uh, aquarium. What's the benefit of, you know, getting a ready-made off-the-shelf kit com compared to a custom-built solution? That's a great question. So just to kind of define what they mean, like a, an off-the-shelf kit or an all-in-one system, you know, something, a good example is the Fluval Flex that we've got downstairs, the 57-litre or 15-gallon. Yep. That comes with a built-in filter and LED lamp. Uh, you can buy a, a supplemental heater to convert it into tropical. But that's everything that you need to get your journey into aquascaping. Plug and play. Plug and play. Now that that obviously takes a lot of the guesswork out for a new hobbyist where it can be really quite overwhelming with the choices of equipment etc. So for them it's a really great idea just to get this off the shelf proven performer. They're going to almost be guaranteed to have success if they just use the easy plants and follow the kind of methodologies that I promote. It's a great way. It's a great entry level. Now Let's say you might be a bit more experienced or you've you've seen a photo on the internet or in a magazine, etc., of a, a, a beautiful kind of ADA system uh, or an aquas EA Aquascaper or UNS. You know, all of these kind of brands are... Um, the whole system is built up of individual components that you have to sort yourself and compile together. And there's almost infinite kind of permutations of how you can achieve that. So you have... The aquarium you have the lighting you have the filtration co2 you know the substrates and everything is like a, an individual component that you have lots of choice over which is great if you're experienced and you know exactly what route you want to take but for the beginner like i said it can be really overwhelming or if you are naturally um curious and you like to set up your own stuff you yeah. like to research it and yeah. you you're very comfortable in that zone of constructing different elements yeah. and that's an interesting point on its own there's different levels of hobbyists there's a, there's a hobbyist that just wants something beautiful to look at that blends in with their living space and it's an attractive thing to enjoy and there's actually another side of the hobby where a lot of a lot of folk are really kind of tech savvy and, and really interested in the research and you know scouring the internet forums and Facebook groups etc for the for the knowledge and then you know almost researching for months on end before they actually eventually make their purchase which is going to be hopefully well informed and they're going to have obviously a great great fun with it so there's, there's different levels of of hobbyist of course different budgets different tastes and the aim of this kind of podcast is to hopefully you know simplify it a little bit and, and make it a little bit more digestible okay. for the beginners so de so definitely personal choice on the type of aquarium that you go for regards yeah uh, the style yeah, exactly 
Okay, so moving on to glass types then, how, how would that influence my choice? Yeah, so most aquariums are made of glass, some are made of acrylic. Acrylic is a lot more expensive, but it's a lot stronger and lighter and more transparent. Okay. So you might be thinking, why doesn't everyone use acrylic? Well, like I said, it's more expensive and it does scratch really, really easily. Acrylic, we, haven't, we haven't got any acrylic no, tanks. No, I think we've only ever owned one. More than likely, you're going to have a, a, a glass aquarium. Acrylic tends to be the custom built, which we just talked okay. about. Okay. So in, in the aquarium world, there's two main uh, categories of glass. You have regular float glass and low iron glass. So you may notice when you look down the cross section of a piece of glass, it has like a dark green tinge. That's regular float glass, and that's to do with the iron content. In low iron glass, it's more of a, like a light blue. Sometimes they're even white, uh, different shades of blue, depending on, on the iron content. Uh, the glass is a lot more transparent because it has less iron in it. And it's more expensive. Uh, it goes for a bit more of a refine, refining process in manufacture and that's why it's more expensive, but they are much more transparent and you can, especially the thicker the glass you go, the larger aquarium, the thicker the glass needs to be for structural integrity. So if you're dealing with, you know, glass over kind of eight millimeter, you'll really notice a difference in the transparency and the clarity of that glass if you go for low iron. With, especially with aquascaping enthusiasts, they, they want minimal kind of disruption of that view of the aquascape, so it makes sense to use low iron. And low iron also comes into its own with the rimless tanks, which we'll, we'll talk about later. So the, the actual background to the tank, yeah. um, you tend to paint yours. If I lot. use a background at all, yeah. I'll paint it black uh, on the outside of the aquarium using like a blackboard paint, like a chalkboard paint, which has a matte finish and it dries really quickly. And I'll just paint that on with a regular paintbrush. Why do you do that? I, I like black because it offers the best contrast possible. So any fish, any plants up against that black, they're really going to shine and, and contrast really well. Often a lot of aquarium equipment will be black, so that's going to be blended in with the background as well. Mm -hmm. My favourite though is no background at all and having the, having the aquarium near, near a pale wall like we have in the gallery and then what we have is suspended lighting and that gives a backlighting effect so it illuminates the wall and then you see that illuminated wall behind all of the aquascape and okay. this gives a really nice sort of backdrop effect. So I guess if you've got sort of busy patterned wallpaper yeah, and your you tank's against it then your black background sort of fades that out or yeah black blocks it out completely. Blocks it out and yeah. then you're, you're, you're good to go. Yeah. So my personally I mean it's all down to personal taste of course but I'd have a black background or no background at all becoming more popular are these illuminated backgrounds now where you can hook an LED screen onto the back of the aquarium and they have different colors of this now. So this is a, probably something that we'll look at in, in more detail in the future. Um, but uh, the ADA do a light screen and then there's a new company called The Light Ground um, which are just uh, releasing their products as we speak. So, so would I need overhanging lights as well as the, the back screen? Yes, yeah, so in an open, we talk, well, let's go into rimless and hooded tanks now because that, that's a good lead in. So uh, a rimless tank is uh, basically five panes of glass that are just attached to each other and there's no hood. You just literally got the glass panes. Open box. Open box. And then you have a hooded tank. So same thing, but you have a hood, which normally has the lighting incorporated into it somehow. So Rimless tanks are really popular with aquascaping enthusiasts where, again, they want to minimise any distraction from any equipment. 
they just want this almost floating column of water and they'll use things like glass outlets glass inlets you know everything's kind of transparent and as minimalist and as, as least distracting as possible and with a rimless tank you need to light it obviously to grow the plants so you can have as a huge a variety of options for lighting and, and lighting we'll cover in a separate episode but often you have suspended lighting above the rimless tank so this could be hanging from the ceiling it could have uh, legs that just sit on the aquarium glass themselves it could have like a clamp with an arching kind of flexible arm with the led light unit on the end so lots of options there and and you have hooded tanks which I, as i alluded to earlier which will have the lighting fitted already for you let's just talk about the pros and cons it might sound like rimless are the best thing because you know for aquascapers they're going to present least distraction they're potentially the most beautiful aquariums and you have your hardscape and your plants coming out the top exactly can look attractive yes advantages of that like you just said you have a new you see the aquarium from a new dimension you actually visibly look into the aquarium when you have a hood obviously that's blocked so that's a big advantage the distraction of the equipment is another advantage so you have your glass lily pipes you have your suspended lighting and you just get this overall impression of this floating column of water with 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 the art of the aquascape it's really put on display nicely however there are disadvantages with a rimless tank evaporation is often an issue yes i often have to top up when you're away yes and so the what will happen is the water evaporates and especially if you live in a hard water area which we do it leaves behind hard water deposits yeah. which look really ugly yeah. and they're quite stubborn and even after like two or three days you'll notice it and it needs addressing so that's a major disadvantage another huge disadvantage to rimless tanks open top tanks is the potential of escaping livestock jumping fishies you've seen this i certainly have and tommy's seen this he has he loves that yes there's a little little snack for him yeah thankfully it doesn't happen too much and if you you know strongly recommend stocking appropriate livestock like appropriate fish that don't mind you know bright lights in an open top tank because what will happen is every time that fish becomes startled it has the potential to jump out yeah. or if it's uncomfortable or you know for whatever reason it, it can they can just jump out some species are more uh likely to jump than others Top tip, I always like to have dense plant cover anyway in microscopes, I just love a heavily planted tank. So the, the denser you're planting, you know, the more kind of overhanging plants there are, etc., the less likely your, your fish will jump. But open top tanks is a huge risk for jumping fish. Amano shrimp will often climb out of, of open top tanks. Nearite snails will often crawl out of open top tanks. So there's a lot of consideration points for rimless. Now with a hooded tank, all of those disadvantages I just said aren't an issue. Uh, evaporation isn't an issue because it's physically covered. No jumping livestock for the same reason. And another advantage of a hooded tank is actually your energy bills are going to be less because there's less heat loss. So there's not, an, you know, you don't need so much energy to keep that the temperature, uh, you know, at the right level in a hooded tank. Like with all of these things, it's it's largely down to a mat matter of taste and budget. You will tend to spend more on a rimless tank system. It's often low iron glass, it's often a very high quality build, and then you have to supplement it with your suspended lighting, your glass pipes, and all of the other stuff, which generally speaking in a hooded tank, they're often an all-in-one kit. Okay. So you often get a heater, the lighting, even sometimes the filter. A great example is the Oase Style Line series, mm -hmm. which we have two of at home in the gallery. 
they come supplied with an internal filter which comes with a heater and LED lighting yeah. as well. So everything you need to get going. Okay, so there we have our five main considerations when it comes to choosing the right aquarium for you and your hobby. We talked about the pros and cons of different aquarium sizes, large and small, and where they should fit ideally in your living space. We also talked about the advantages of an off-the-shelf kit for beginners versus maybe a custom build. And then we looked at glass types, so low iron glass versus regular float glass and maybe acrylic. And then we looked at backgrounds, whether you have a background or not, uh, LED illuminated background potentially, or black background or zero background, relying on that light spill to illuminate a pale wall behind potentially. And then finally, we took a deeper dive into looking at rimless tanks versus hooded tanks and the advantages and disadvantages that these provide. So hopefully that gives you an insight into how you may choose your successful aquarium. So where can I see these aquariums, George? Where can I go and maybe visit them or research more online? What's the best thing to do? That's a great question. Hopefully you've got somewhere local, a local aquarium store or a local aquarium shop that have some nice displays that you can physically see in the flesh. You can even measure up and make sure they fit into your living space, make sure they fit in terms of physical size, but also fit aesthetically. Um, if you're not so lucky to have a decent aquarium store nearby, online is a good option. In fact, on my YouTube channel, if you check out the GFS gallery playlist, I'll leave a link in the show notes. We actually, over the years, we've pretty much covered every style of aquarium okay. yeah. that we talk about in this podcast, whether it's rimless, high, high end or budget friendly, hooded, you know, and everything in between. So I'd encourage the listeners to check out that playlist on my YouTube channel. Great tips, thank you. So let's take a look at the week ahead. What's in the diary, George? Biggest news for me actually is writing another article for Practical Fishkeeping. Oh, okay, you haven't done that for a while. I guess you were focusing on the book. Yes, exactly. Was a regular contributor to Practical Fishkeeping magazine since 2006, probably until 2017, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Probably having an article in there once a month or so. I was also on their RC Experts panel for Planted Aquariums and Aquascaping. But I kind of miss it actually. So great to have. Uh, some more content in there. I'm actually covering the Aquascaper 1200, doing a deep dive on that. So some beautiful photos and uh, an in-depth kind of analysis of the Aquascape and how it evolved over the four years. We've had that we've had that tank four years now, which is interesting. Also, I will be producing again another couple of videos for Tropica Aquarium Plants. So check them out on YouTube and general aquarium maintenance before we go away. We're on vacation soon. Yep, uh, week and week and a bit to go. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Really hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you check out our Facebook page for regular aquascaping updates and for the opportunity to leave us any feedback and ideas for future episodes. And if you do have a spare few minutes, um, please consider leaving a review for us. If your podcast player allows, we will massively appreciate it. Take care. Keep on scaping. Cheerio.